and welcome to the Novel Traveller podcast. My name is Michelle Walsh-Jackson and I'm the Novel Traveller. Well, after such a flavoursome podcast last week, I'm talking to more people in the Irish food and hospitality industry. And one name that is very much part of this legacy in Dublin is the Michelin Star Le Crevan Restaurant. I have businesswoman and restaurateur Sally Ann Clark, who is proprietor of the restaurant, with her husband, Chef Derry Clark. I also found a remarkable new Irish business this week. It's called Ireland's Artisan Pantry, and it brings delicious tastes from different counties of Ireland to your doorstep. I will be chatting with the company founder, Aoife O'Driscoll, later on in the podcast. But for now, sit back and relax for this week's novel travel. Well, hi, sally Ann. It's great to have you here with me today. Hi, Michelle. It's my pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. Oh, no, I can't wait to hear your stories now because I know you've been to some fabulous Ooh. places. <laughs> um, but I'm going to ask you just first of all, what's your first holiday memory? Oh, um, well, my parents emigrated when I was a baby to Chicago. So my first holidays that I know, we lived um, just very close to the lakeshore. So I just remember life being a permanent holiday because the weather was really good in the summer. And um, I was taught how to swim in the lake, the, you know, and we spent our time in around the lake and there was lovely parks and everything there. So um, when the summertime was really, really hot and the wintertime, obviously there was a lot of snow. So when we came back to Ireland, I was just nearly seven and I found it completely different, not just the school, but the weather and the way everybody did everything. And obviously um, I had a, a strong Yankee accent and nobody understood me either. But I just found <laughs> you, it then, you've but, lost that. <laughs> yeah, completely. oh, big time, big time. But the, um, the thing about it was because my parents, my dad had traveled back and forth. My mom came home, they, they bought a shop and house and the rest is history. But my dad traveled back and forth. So summer holidays, we spent in scaries every year. They used to rent a house for July and August. Yeah, it, and, it's hard for yeah actually and, people, and, and people don't realize it yeah, <laughs> yeah. so uh, we used to spend July and August in Scaries as a kid from the time I was probably about nine ten and um, we could bring friends down because there was plenty of room um, mom would bring extra mattresses down if, if you know they we could pull them out and she could put sheets and a duvet on them and it was just a fun place to be there was um, you had the front beach, but everybody congregated on the back beach. All the people who had houses down there, all the people who spent the summers down there, everybody knew everybody. There was a whole um, gang, for want of a better word, from Dublin that you saw every summer and you looked forward to seeing them. And you really only saw them over the winter if there was a, a party mm-hmm. or, you know, some sort of gathering. But it was just great fun. And even when I got to 18 and was working and driving, I would drive up and down to work. And I could get in for a swim either first thing in the morning or last thing in the evening. And it was just what we did. So um, my mum, a lot of her brothers and sisters were in London. So we would go back to London regularly and we could go for a week. We could go for a weekend. We could go for a couple of weeks, depending on, you know, when you're senior school and you need longer holidays. But the holiday thing, that was it. We had other people that would go to Spain. Other cousins would go to Spain for two weeks. But we had two months in Scaries. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and 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 where, where was your first holiday with, say, a girlfriend or a boyfriend? When oh, you, girlfriends, uh, um, after our leaving cert, we all eight of us went to Ibiza, uh, we went to San Antonio, that was 1981, 
we did our leaving cert in 1980, but most of my pals went on and did commercial courses and stuff, which I didn't do. Um, I went and I was studying marketing at night time. So we all booked and went to Ibiza and um, this, we had two apartments, four of us in each. And uh, one of the girls, her cousin worked in a travel agency. So she organized it all for us. And we had a ball. Now we minded each other. We had our rules. Um, you know, you didn't go off on your own. You had to stay with at least, there had to be at least two of you. And, you know, we had dinner out every evening. We stayed by the pool together every day. Um, we minded each other. Um, I always remember I never drank beer. And that was the first time the girl said, you have to try it. And I have never drunk beer since. So it's just, <laughs> it was just, we were innocents abroad. We really were, but we stuck together. We minded each other and we had an absolute ball. And have you been to the Balearic since? I haven't been to Ibiza since, to be honest with you. Um, we tend to go to the Canaries. Like we went to Gran Canaria on a honeymoon. Uh, we used to go to Lanzarote maybe every year with the kids, usually when they were younger around Christmas time. And now if we want a, a breakaway, we usually go to Port Ventura. We, we stay in, in the Barcello and Carleco. So yeah. um, Port Ventura is really beautiful and unspoiled, isn't it? It's like... The Canaries were 20 years ago. It's still very much um, a small town. And um, it's, as you say, it's quiet. It's not, it's not, a Caraleco is definitely not a party town, but there's um, some really nice bars and restaurants and you're right on the port. And I mean, if there is a, a bad day, you can get on the ferry and go over to Lanzarote. So, you know, there's lots of options, but there's lots of options within Caraleco as well. And we just find it's a great place if you've got a week and you want to go, um, get over, get some sunshine on the old bones, recharge and come back again. And th those marvellous dunes go on for miles and miles, don't they? They do. Just... There's lovely walks. And Derry likes to cycle. There's great cycling in Fortaventura as well. And there's lovely bike shops over there that they'll, all he's got to do is bring his, his um, helmet, his cycling gear and his, his um, whatever they call those special shoes um, and they, that, that clip in. Yeah. And he can hire a bike over there for very little money and he gets up early in the morning He'll go for a cycle. He'll come back in time for breakfast and then we'll sit in the sunshine if we don't go for a walk or do whatever. So it's um, it's a nice place to go. I'm, I'm fond of Fortaventura myself. I would recommend it. Um, so what's the funniest thing that's ever happened to you on holiday? Oh, God. Well, we've had people that haven't turned up, you know, when they're drivers that are supposed to. Uh, and you're standing there and you're going, oh, my God, what am I going to do? And uh, that happened to us actually on the last holiday, last this time last year. Uh, so it was January last year and we were waiting and waiting. And, you know, when you're in a, um, obviously a different time zone, you've been traveling for hours and hours and this, you can't get through on the phone. Nobody's answering emails. You're walking around and then you've got a um, like a security guard coming up and asking you, what are you doing? That you've been there for quite a while. And you think, oh, my God, he's going to give us a ticket for loitering. And then I saw this other gentleman standing in a corner and Jerry said to me, you can't just go up. And I did. I went up to this guy and I said to him, listen, um, I said, I see you've got a card. You've been standing here as long as we are. And he said, yeah, my, my pickup hasn't arrived. I said, is there any chance you could bring us to our hotel? And we had him for um, the next two days and he was great. And he brought us around and showed us around and he was a really, really nice man. But um, yeah, you have to be a little bit out there because you're in a different country. You're in a different, you know, yeah. Um, but funny things, um, gosh, Michelle, I don't know. Um, we, we, we've been in different places where the hotels were not what we expected. 
where they've been there absolutely freezing yeah yeah where you booked it on, on through a travel agent and you've come back and you've said to them please don't put anybody there again you know so um and where you've gone in where there's been like you there's my mom would always travel with us uh, when the kids used to come with us and you might book two rooms so you'd have three beds in one room and two a double bed in the other and you might arrive and there'd be five beds in the one room Oh gosh! Yeah. And one That's one toilet, one shower, and it's kind of like, yeah, it's funny. It's not funny, aha! It's funny, awful. Um, and where they told you they had a lovely swimming pool, and the kids couldn't get into it unless they broke it with their elbows to get the ice from the top of it, you know. So there's been a few of those over the years. So we're just a little more careful now, and yeah, we ask for recommendations. And although I'm not a great fan of TripAdvisor from the restaurant point of view, um, I think if you read through maybe 30 of the reviews you get a a feel for if there is anything wrong what it is and uh, but I think you need to read at least 30 of them I think reading the last three or the last five is usually not fair to the actual hotel or establishment absolutely And, and now we are all locked down at the moment but if you could be anywhere in the world right now where would be your number one Oh, I'd love to be in Wexford. We have a lovely little house in Wexford and uh, we can't go more than the five kilometres outside our, our home. Um, we have a, um, a little boat hole down there that we're able to go down and it's like the minute you walk through the front door, you exhale. Um, and again, we used to have a mobile home down there for years. So when we went to look to buy a new mobile um, and Derry said, we're not spending €100,000 on a tin can we looked for a house so we're still fixing it up but it's our little boat hole and it's great so if we weren't here in Dublin at this moment in time we'd either be there or Derry has a little boat in Kilmore Quay we'd like to be on that and, and does, just, does he fish or do you go out he say it's a it's a little motorboat we just kind of um because he can sleep on board and like last year now being um in lockdown we were able to stay in Wexford and we were able to drive down to Kilmore Quay and go out for the day, have a picnic. Um, he would fish for mackerel or whatever, and he would cook it on the boat. We'd eat it and we'd come back in again. Or he has taken the boat, which he does every year. He takes it to Baltimore and we'd stay on Sherkin Island. He'd bring it around to Kinsale and we'd go as far as Dingle. And again, it takes a few days to do all that and then to come back again. So if if the tides are not with them, I might just drive and meet him in the various ports and then come back to work for a few days, let him make his way on again and then come back again, depending on what's happening. Or otherwise I might park up somewhere, go with him for a few days and, and he'll come back. But it's a really nice way to enjoy the Irish coast. I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, we're so lucky with our coastline, aren't we? And, we and are especially so and, lucky. And even the fish you can buy like down in Kilmore you know it's lovely oh, yeah there's so yeah. many places to eat and yeah it's great yeah there's there's um and again he if he was out fishing or he was talking to some of the fishermen maybe he might get a lobster or he might get some prawns and of course being a chef it's very handy he'll cook them on board you know so it's um it's it's just another thing that you can do that's a little bit different and that you're you're the master of your own destiny because you have your own you know you just buy your milk and your bread and your staples and if you don't have shore power, you have a little can of gas. So, um, and I mean, again, I don't know how he does it, but he the mackerel is best when it's fresh and he'll take it off and he'll, he'll gut it and he'll put it in a pan. And even the last time he did it last summer and he put the whole thing together, there was a pot of raspberry jam. I like raspberry jam. And he put that into the mix as well with some French bread, just delicious. 
absolutely delicious. What a lovely combination. I'd never think of that. Oh, that's very mm. handy having a chef husband. Very, <laughs> very handy. Very handy. So, I mean, we like to travel. And when the kids were young and when we were, you know, when we had the few bob to spare, we always took them everywhere with us. And I always remember the first time we took them to New York. I mean, it was the first time both of them had their mouths open and had nothing to say because they'd heard about it. And Home Alone was a big, uh, what would you say, a big influence big, on that. Big hit. It was a massive Yeah, it was huge hit. Everybody watched loved it. it. But we booked in, we didn't book into the plaza and they were very disappointed that they wanted to stay in the, the in plaza in New York, in Kevin's room. And you're kind of going, doesn't work like that, guys. But yeah, we've done, you know, we've, we've done that. We, we loved cruising as a family as well. We've done lots of cruises. I think all told, what have we done? 12, 14 cruises. And we've gone with a few different companies. We've done a lot with celebrity. Um, but the one Derry and I did last year now, for the first time we went with Princess Cruises. And again, I chose it for the destinations as opposed to um, I've heard how good they are. And I've heard they're very close with uh, celebrity as far as quality and um, experiences are concerned. So, again, I chose it um, for the destinations because we knew we were we were going to be closing the restaurant. We just didn't know when we were waiting for contracts and stuff to be signed. So last January, we had the holiday of a lifetime. So we flew from Dublin to L.A. And then we got on the boat. That was the 1st of January. So the 2nd of January, we boarded the Emerald Princess and we were a couple of days at sea. And then we got to Puerto Vallarta in Mexico. So according as we got down the coast from L.A. to Mexico, it got warmer and warmer. We were very um, surprised. L.A. wasn't much warmer than Dublin when we got there. We needed our heavy coats. We needed our boots. So, um, but once we got down to Puerto Vallarta, the weather was really nice and sunny. And of course, according as we got further and further along, it got warmer and warmer. So um, this particular cruise was going through the new Panama Canal. We'd been through the old one years ago, but we'd gone the other way. So this way um, we decided, well, this is, if we're gonna have a decent holiday before we open up a new business, now is the time to do it. So we're in Puerto Vallarta, and then two days later, we were in Guadalupe, and then two days later, we were in San Juan del Mar, and then we went to um, Punta Arenas in Costa Rica. Now, we've been to Costa Rica the other side several times, but we hadn't been on the Pacific side, and then we went to Panama and um, into Puerto Amador, and then we went through, we spent the day going through the Panama Canal, and a magical experience, because you're on a parallel with the one that was built in 1914 but this one was built in 2016 I think and it's like three times the size the size of the ships that you're going along behind are absolutely humongous I mean you see things you see nature you see all the things that you've never seen before Um, and then we were in Cartagena in Colombia before going back to Miami and then coming home but that was all like we got a great trip how long did that take fantastic uh 17 days that's a way to do a cruise yeah yeah but we made time for it last year because we knew things were things were going to change for us we thought we were going to get closed on the 23rd of july and open in september and of course you know it didn't happen and everybody was worried about um nova virus but nobody was worried about coronavirus oh and was that um, rampant in, in south america 
No, apparently it was on some, I, we, we'd read that it was on some of the cruise ships and oh. um, they were, I mean, the cruise ships, anyone's we've been on, they're so conscious of hygiene. I mean, you're literally stopped. You have to wash your hands when you go oh, in. Oh, absolutely. The sanitizer's there before you go into your There's people there actually making sure because we'd read about Novavirus on other cruise lines and they were making sure that everybody was kept as safe as possible. You had like COVID questionnaires now. But if you're feeling ill, you're feeling whatever, you to go to the doctor, you were isolated, you were, you know, quarantined and they made sure everybody was safe. But I mean, we didn't think that we were going to be going into a lockdown in a situation like we are now. So we're very glad we did that cruise. And if we get the opportunity again, we will do another cruise. Yeah. yeah um, I, but I think it's a lovely way to travel because you, un, you unpack once and you can get on and off if you want or you don't have to. I mean, a lot of people have done those cruises, especially people who live stateside several times. So they enjoy the sea days because there's nobody on the boat. But we enjoy just getting off and exploring everywhere we've never been before. Yeah. And uh, over the years, we've gone on different cruises and we've gone back to places and spent a week there because we've been there initially for a and day on a cruise it's a, isn't, it, isn't it a great way to get a taster for a country and decide oh, yeah. if you want to go back? Because I brought the kids on a Scandinavian cruise of the Baltics and I, it was one of the most rewarding, educational just just fabulous holidays we ever had myself and the two kids we started off in Stockholm we took in Finland Helsinki took in St Petersburg got got that that flavor of you know a Russian city and we, we even went to Catherine Palace and wandered around the amber rooms and wow. for the for the kids I'm not quite sure they realized at the time what they were experiencing but they sure have since and yeah, even as they've got yeah. older, you know, and, and, and we do often take out the photos and go through them. And I just think a cruise is a wonderful way to see a lot well, in a short time. I, it's, as you say, it's a taster and it's a great, you know, I mean, I remember years ago we went to Cyprus and there was a chance to go to Egypt from Cyprus. And we went and we did the three nights and we did the cruise down the Nile and we brought the kids to the uh, museum in Cairo. And we brought them to see the pyramids of Giza and we brought them to a papyrus factory and where they make perfume. And we did all of this in three days. And I mean, they, they, they still remembered it vividly, even though they were quite young. And like you said, Scandinavia, Jerry was a commissioner general for Eurotalks in Ireland when Scandinavia, it was Sweden who had the presidency. So the meetings were in Finland, in Sweden, in, um, in Norway, in Denmark and even in Oland, you know, the little island between uh, Sweden and Finland. There's a lovely island there. And then we went north on different islands and saw places we'd never see. Now, I'd had the kids in Lapland, but to see. So as a result, we used to ski in Norway. Um, we used to go there every year. And it's very casual, the skiing in there, Norway, isn't it? It's very, very different to European skiing, I think. Very much. The, the yeah. slopes are wider. They're not as steep. And um, everybody seems to be like when they discovered we were Irish, we got a we're kind of a, a mock headlock saying, you know, we're Viking cousins and we're all cousins. <laughs> and you were made very, very welcome. And again, the food was different. It was um, I'm not very adventurous on food, but uh, one of your questions was about food. And I thought, Dairy did eat, they, they served like a grouse is like a, a deer, like a, a, a different type of deer. And they served their nether regions on a plate as a delicacy. Oh. And oh. Uh, <laughs> this chef who knew of dairy through your talks, 
did this as a delicacy and uh, we we just sat there and in fairness to him, he tasted everything that's put in front of him. But, you know, we decided to have the chicken, my mom, myself and the two kids, we stuck, <laughs> to, the chicken. We stuck to the chicken nuggets and chips, to be quite honest. But we did find the food. That's one thing that we look for when we're going on holidays. You look for somewhere nice to eat. It's... Um, it's like we were in Bali a few years ago and uh, we stopped there on our way to Australia and um, very nice people and very, very welcoming. But the food was not to my taste. I don't do spices. I don't do. And we found one restaurant that was run by a Canadian couple and we tended to eat there most nights because it was something that suited me. But they still did traditional fare as well. And and it was clean. I'm a, I, obviously in our business, you have to be a clean freak, but yeah it's uh it's very important i i don't find your toilets clean i won't eat in your kitchen you know are you very high standards indeed <laughs> with yes. Man, so needless yes. to say. and yeah. did, did, did dairy ever pick up some kind of um tips or ideas or combinations of foods while you were on yeah, your well, travels it's, it's always um different to see what other chefs are doing and it's always nice to see what how they do it and how they they rework the classic french dishes and um, yeah, there's always ideas and he'll always write things down. And, um, you know, we'll always go for, especially on the cruise ships, we'll go for the specialty dining um, and try the different places. And we've been very pleasantly surprised in most of them. And that was another thing I asked. There was a couple of restaurants on different ships. I asked, why didn't they have a Michelin status as opposed to maybe if they, they probably should have had a star but they weren't even mentioned in the Michelin guide. And I asked one of the guides once when one of the inspectors once when they came in and they said they don't award Michelin stars or status if you don't have a permanent home and a cruise ship does not have a permanent home. So just because they don't have a Michelin status, they could still very well be Michelin star standard. That's very interesting. It's something that people, you know, there's a few different restaurants that we've been to both on Celebrity and on The Princess that really do deserve a star because they they don't have a permanent base. I agree totally. I agree totally. I mean, some of the food experiences on Celebrity, you know, the Q restaurant where you kind of get tastes of the world. It's quite mind blowing what they come up with, the combination. Just just visually. Just yeah. looking at the food. But you go down the corridor, they've all got their own front door. They've all got their own staff. They've all got their own different styles. And the same with princess cruises. And again, um, there was, you know, two different restaurants there that we found really, really nice. And there were nights that, no, we didn't want to dress up completely, that we wanted just to put on a nice cocktail dress as opposed to black tie. And we decided we'd eat in the specialty restaurant instead. So um, and they don't let people in there in shorts. So if you're in it, if, if it says cocktail dress or whatever, I found on the last couple of cruises, people are not dressing up the way they used to. People are not um, taking advantage. I love to dress up and go out for dinner. I love to make an occasion of it. Obviously not every night, but if they've got three or four formal nights, it's something that you look forward to. You spend a little more time getting ready, a little more time doing your hair and choosing a nice dress and a pair of heels to wear. So, um, and again, that's one of the things with the cruises, you've got everything, you've got your casual dining, you've got your fine dining, you've got your whatever you what you want it to be dining, and you've got all the excursions and all the things to do on board as well. I just find, especially the two of us, 
we find things to do. I mean, I had Derry doing dance classes. He doesn't like dancing. But it was one of those things I said, look, we're on holidays together. I'd love to do the dance. Okay, okay, okay. You know, you can go and see a show. You can go to the theatre. I mean, it's, it's so, you can make, you can do as much or as little as you want. Yeah. I couldn't so, agree more. I really do miss, miss the cruises. I yeah, really do. And I, I and absolutely I do. love it. I think they'll be great. They'll make a great recovery too. I think when um, you know when we move forward and this virus does go, it's, it's going. Well, to I, be. I hope they do because it would be a shame to lose that experience. I mean, now especially when a lot of the cruise ships have been leaving from Dublin. I mean, that was very, very handy that you didn't have to fly to Barcelona or to wherever else they were. That you could get on the boat from Dublin. And you could come back and get off the boat in Dublin. I mean, again, to me, that was a huge plus. Yeah, and yeah, it was a nice you. thing to do. Nice to see them in. But, you know, we've had some lovely holidays. Um, we've been, I, when I was 50, we went to Hawaii. Hawaii Five-O. Everybody <laughs> thought I was Brilliant. Nuts. Oh, you're right. You know? <laughs> you're right. Yeah. And it was our 25th wedding anniversary at the same time. And my cousin and his wife, four of us went together and we had a ball. Now, again, it's a long way to travel and it's a once in a lifetime thing. Um, but again, they've got this microclimate. They've got this whole very relaxed atmosphere. They've got, you know, we spent a couple of days in Honolulu and then we went to um, Kauai. And but we were able to do the excursions and the helicopter trips to see all the other islands and to... And it was just such a lovely, lovely experience. Now, again, it's not something we could afford to do again in the very near future, but I recommend people to go at least once. It's yeah. just a lovely, lovely place. Well, I was going to ask you what was top of your bucket list, um, but, but that to go. was one of them. It probably was. That was one of them. It, well, that was my bucket list then. As I say, I was a big yeah. fan of Hawaii Five O growing up, and I always thought if I ever make it to fifty, I want to go to Hawaii. Oh. And everybody thought I was nuts. And now my thing would be, I'd love to go and see the Valley of the Kings. I mean, we made inquiries a few times, but with the troubles in Egypt at the time, we were told it was a no-go area. So I would still like to do that. And there is actually a cruise that goes out of Alexandria, or there used to be. So we'll wait and see. Maybe we could go there, do a cruise and come back to Barcelona or something and see a few other places on the way. But I would love to spend a few days down in Luxor and to see the Valley of the Kings. I am a history buff. I do like to see what's going on. And because we've been in Egypt before and we'd spent so much time in the museums and seeing, you know, as I said, the pyramids of Giza and the doing the, the cruise down the Nile and everything else, that would be one thing on my bucket list. That's very much, you know, next time we get a couple of weeks that we can take off and next time the world is, should I say, um, you're able to travel again. That would be someplace I would love to go to. Yeah, super. And I, I asked you, Sally-Anne, did you have a memento or souvenir from a particular holiday that is special to you that you could root out or that you, you have? Is there anything particular that springs to mind? I have a Christmas decoration from Hawaii that I put on the tree every year. And we have a few decorations that if we will usually, because we always closed for two weeks around Christmas, that's when we'd have our big holiday every year. So I used to buy... The Christmas decorations and bring them home so I still have one from Hawaii I still have one from Australia I have one from Bali I have different ones that come out of their little boxes and go on the Christmas tree every year oh, and it's just lovely. a reminder of that was eight years ago that was 10 years ago that was whatever many years ago so yes I, I do just get those little momentums because they're easy those mementos are easy to carry 
and um, they're usually quite different to what I would put on the tree. So they stand out that little bit more. Have you taken any interesting selfies while you've been on your travels or is there any spots where you'd recommend got to take a selfie there or? Well, I, I have one that I've sent you. I took it on the top of the ship in last January. And um, considering there was a, a wind blowing and it was raining and everybody said, don't go out on deck. It turned out to be a really nice photograph. So uh, over the years, we used to take photographs of each other when we were leaving the port. It's like in um, in San Juan Sur, Sur Mer, they have a miniature version of the uh, statue of Christ the Redeemer, um, like they have in Rio de Janeiro. And I've never been to Rio de Janeiro, so we made our way up to Christ the Redeemer now. It's quite large. But taking the photograph of it from the cruise ship with that in the background, again, you know, you could you could fib if you wanted to and say you were in Rio, but we know we weren't. We know exactly where it was taken. But it's just little things like that. I, I reckon they're the nice ones to take selfies on. It's like if you're in San Juan, you want to take your selfie selfie on the battlement with one of the cannons behind you. You want to yeah. something that's going to trigger a memory. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I tend to do. And yeah. uh, even even on the Panama Canal, there were some magnificent birds. There were some magnificent animals that you know we we would never see here. It's like we did the rainforest trips and I know they're organized tours and I know, you know, there's, that's what people are expecting, but there's still places that we would never get to see under normal circumstances. Mm -hmm. And again, I, I do tend to, we get off the boat, even if it's just to go for a walk, even if we've been there before, just to get off, go for a walk, have a coffee, have a look and see what's going on and maybe pick up another Christmas decoration. <laughs> yeah, look out for them. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I remember once on the Elaine show, I was chatting about Barbados and, and you, you, you've been there as well um, a couple of times. Yeah. I mean, this is an island. They're actively actually open to have people kind of have a working holiday and they're opening visas for up to a year. If you, yeah. if you earn over 50 grand a year and you can work virtually, they're actively looking for people to come. And, well, it's and... a lovely, you've been to Barbados, haven't you? Yes, it's I mean, it's a lovely, yeah. lovely place. Um, and um, we've been, we'd been there twice on a cruise ship and then we got invited to a wedding. So we stayed for a week and then we were on a cruise ship again. So when we went back again, we knew, and again, being a history buff, um, if we're going somewhere like that for any length of time, I tend to pick up a book. So the book was called To Hell or Barbados. And it was all about the Cromwellian times when people were either hanged, sent to prison or sent to Barbados. And there was thousands of Irish people that were sent out there. And there's actually a community in St. John's in Barbados where they're all descended from Irish, Scots, Welsh and Southern England, like um, Devon and Cornwall. And they all stick together and they all intermarry and they all still consider themselves 400 and odd years later Irish or Welsh or Scottish or, or from the south of England. So, um, and when you get talking to them and, you know, they recognize your accent straight away, they go, you're Irish or you're this. But first time we went there, we went looking for them because I wanted to go up and see, you know, what they looked like. I always remember I went into a shop because I'd been taking these dance lessons on the cruise and my feet were killing me. So I went into this lovely shoe shop in Barbados and there was this a great big lady behind the counter and I tried on shoes I said I'll take them thank you very much and I said can you tell me I said about the the people up in St John's and she's I said you know they were called they were called backaroos or backrow johnnies or they were called red leggers because obviously being Celts they used to burn in the sunshine and they wore kilts and they spoke Irish 
So um, they were allowed into the churches. Most of the churches up there, the beautiful churches, were all built by Irish. Whether they were Catholic or Protestant, doesn't matter. They were actually built by Irish hands. And uh, I just asked her, I said, what do they look like now? You know, I said, I, I, this was before I'd actually met any of them. And she said, honey, they just, they look just like you, but they ain't so well fed and their hair ain't in such good condition. And I went, okay. And I said, what does that mean? She said, they have the fair complexion, the glassy eyes. She said, they got those cheekbones, but she said, they don't have your padding. And I went, thank you very much. I took my shoes and off I went. (laughs) Indentured slaves, isn't that what they were? They were, yeah, Yeah. yeah, indentured slaves. Yeah, a lot of them were indentured slaves. Some of them were, were, some of them had, uh, were accused of stealing apples or whatever. But again, like a lot of the other colonies, they were trying to to populate them. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. They were trying to populate them. It is a fascinating story. I've seen documentaries about them too, because I didn't go into the parish of St. John. We met a really funny bus conductor, because anyone who hasn't been to Barbados, one of the public transport are these funny little buses. Buses, um, Reggae buses. And they blare Bob Marley out of them and reggae music all day long. And it costs three dollars no matter where you're going on the island and um, the bus conductor was trying to 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 attract us to kind of meet him that night and we were thinking oh well you know what he'd be trying to sell us if we went off and met him but but but, but they have a uh, they're so friendly and there's just a great vibe in Barbados isn't there lovely way of life there's a lot of Irish living out there now a lot of oh, our yeah. um, a lot of our wealthier Irish uh, retired Absolutely. people are actually living out there now, and uh, but it is a beautiful, beautiful island, and there's some magnificent hotels, and there's some lovely restaurants, and one of the restaurants I remember was called the Cliff, and again it was run by people who were descended from Irish, and they still maintained their oh, Irishness. Oh, oh. Is that up near Sandy Lane? It's up near Sandy Lane. There's a lovely strip up along there. I stayed in three different parts of the island. And there's the, you know, people don't realise it's kind of a special island because it's protected from the hurricanes because it's, Half of it's in the Atlantic, half of it's in the, Car- in the Caribbean. Caribbean. So, yeah. so it doesn't get that adverse weather that the rest of the Caribbean gets. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's like Bermuda was another place we found absolutely enchanting. Really, really lovely. And again, you had Horseshoe Bay with the pink sand and you had the all the other places you could go to. Now, again, that's a few years ago, but I remember it being a magnificent holiday and uh, the weather wasn't too hot. It was just really, really nice. And um, it's again, as I say, it's not quite Caribbean, but it's not quite, you know, a lot of New Yorkers use Bermuda like we would use the Canaries because I think it's only four or five hours. Yeah, it's, it's like the people in LA. Yeah, even closer. Yeah, yeah. it's about like about people in LA use Hawaii, like we would use the Canaries, because it's again, it's Absolutely. five hours plane so they would they would yeah. use it like it's, it's like the way the australians go to bali and to thailand or it's fiji fiji's grace well for, yeah a couple of hours. yeah it's only a couple of hours flight and they're they're away and they're on holiday fiji's somewhere i'd really love to see and again i've been looking at some of the cruise ships but i think we have to wait until we retire because they're they're going to be more than two or three weeks they're going to be two months it's, going, so going it's to... quite accessible. I was there last year. It was that was my last trip actually, and I went through LA. But LA was was a good, good deal warmer in February, and um, it was just two two flights, you know, one stop, and yeah. we did it. We did it all in one go and got down there. But I have to say, it was 
outstandingly probably the best holiday I've ever had. Fiji. And this is to Fiji. I'd remarkable. love to see Fiji. Yeah, we, we did a tour of the Yasawa and the Mamanuka Islands. And, and we got to see the island where, of course, Tom Hanks made castaways, you know, oh, Manariki. Yeah. And they have, you know, um, helped me still written on the sand. And they have a Wilson ball stuck into the cliff and they do little tours of it. And, you know, but it's it's very simple way of life. The Fijians are some of the happiest people I've ever met and why wouldn't they be down there in the South Pacific you yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and kind of safe and healthy very healthy lifestyle healthy well people. as you say they've no COVID either so you know they seem to have kept everything at bay look I, at New Zealand we didn't get to New Zealand but again that's one thing I'd like to do is do New Zealand do the Fiji Islands and do we when we were in Australia now we got to see quite a bit um, we used to have um, um, Several people worked for us over the years in um, from Australia, and we kept in touch with a couple of them. One of the guys I grew up with from Scaries, he married a girl from Australia, and they were living in Maroochydore. And um, so we stayed in Noosa. And I mean, so again, we had, you know, it was great to say we're on our way because if they'd come over, they'd get in touch with us. So it was actually great to say um you know we're we're on our way we'll, and we'll, Australia we'll Australia is so vast you have to take a long time to get around it or do it in we a couple do. of trips because there's yeah, so much yeah. to see well we've we had a nanny for years here that lives in um, Geelong and uh, she was with us for a year and a half first time around and she stayed with us four years the next time so um she's now married with children and living in Geelong so it was great when we got off the plane in Melbourne they were there to collect us and it was nice to have somebody to show us around. So it's, you know, again, there's still lots of places that I'd like to see. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll do it when we're ready. Um, I mean, if I was younger, I, our daughter has lived in Australia and she's lived in New Zealand. And she went to live in uh, Indonesia for a while, for a couple of months. And then she was living in um, London and then she came home. And then she went to Vietnam for six, seven months. Besides, she, she works for brand events in the UK and she does um, pub in the park and does all the different events and she loves it. Uh, she used to do Taste of Dublin and everything here, but she did the TEFL course. So you're asking about my 18 year old self. I would do that TEFL course and that's teaching English as a foreign language because she's been able to travel all over the world and pick up a job with her um, with her qualifications and teach anywhere she's been, be it Indonesia, be it um, Australia, be it New Zealand, uh, be it Vietnam, and she could go anywhere with those particular qualifications. So I would recommend anybody if they're doing nothing at the moment. To travel, yeah, it's and a great, they want it is to a great travel, way to travel. Yeah. And they'll still even get a job as an English teacher when they come home. I mean, I don't know if you watched Primetime last night, but there was a plane load of Spanish students were coming back to finish their English studies. So it's something that will never, I mean, education never goes to waste, but to have something like that, that you can travel with, you don't have to speak all the different languages, but to be able to teach English as a foreign language, you'll get a job anywhere. I used to say the same to the kids as well, that if you work in a restaurant or you work in a bar or you work in a kitchen, again, that's an international language that you can get a job anywhere. And she's done both. So um, I just think, again, if anybody wants to travel, have some skill that translates um, through all the different language barriers and all the different cultures 
in the in the hospitality industry like like you, you there are few people in the country that know more about it than yourself and you've done great work with the Irish Blue Book over the years and you've been very involved with it and all their properties and and I know that you've mentioned um Skerries and Wexford but is there is there anywhere in Ireland that really you would say is your favorite spot or somewhere that you you really Do you know love there's to so visit many more? There's, there's so many places um and again there's 56 properties in the Blue Book and the thing about the Blue Book is you can go to a family-friendly place or you can go to a castle. You can go to a manor house or you can go to a five-star hotel. There's so many different places that it's there's something to suit everybody. And um, I mean, most people I speak to now want to get married in a castle. And there's some magnificent castles in the Blue Book as well. I mean, last uh, August, we spent a night in Barberstown Castle. Now, Strathan is only... 35 minutes drive from where we live but the fact that we went there for dinner stayed overnight had our breakfast and sauntered home the next day felt like we'd had a whole weekend away and it's the same with I mean um you've got Castle Leslie again is magnificent I love Castle Leslie (laughs) and they've got a lovely they've got a lovely spa there as well um Virginia Park Lodge is another place that that's Richard Corrigan's place now is lovely um, again, we'd be up and down with Wexford. It's very handy if we go and catch up with Kevin and Catherine Dundon. I mean, Dunbrody is absolutely magnificent. And we would go to Marfield for dinner. Um, because we only live 10 minutes drive away, we don't, we have stayed there in the past, but because we're only 10 minutes drive away, we tend to go for dinner in Marfield or into the duck. And oh, the again, duck is delicious. It's a so fabulous delicious. restaurant. And they're not restaurant. so ugly cocktail as well. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely wow and the girls make you feel the bow girls make you feel so welcome and um, where else there's lots of play i mean we went when we were in yall uh when we went down on the boat we stayed in a herns in yall and i mean they've got a beautiful seafood restaurant they have a lovely bar but the rooms up above i think about 10 or 12 rooms they're absolutely gorgeous and you're in the middle of the town so you just get out and you can walk anywhere like the car park is at the back of the hotel so you park your car and anywhere you want to go for a drink or you want to do anything else, you just walk. And the beach is only five minutes away. So there's, um, I mean, if you go down to Greggan's Castle in, in Clare, you're right in the burn. If you go up to, um, I mean, Glenlow is another place that I always loved. Glenlow Abbey in Galway. And it's yeah. outside Galway. So you're, you know, but um, I mean, Perry Square. I mean, you go down to Limerick. There's, there's actually a, um, the People's Park is right in front of it. But Limerick is great for boutiques. And there's also um, a clinic down there, the Auto Clinic. And it's a lady I know. And again, if I want to get a, a, a nice facial or some, you know, lifting and tightening again, haven't had a chance to do it. Um, I go into um, uh, Ida Murphy and next door is Perry Square. You just leave there and go in there for lunch or for dinner. So there's so many Blue Book properties. Matsala House is just beside us here in Wicklow. We'd go up and down there for lunch. And then you've got the mustard seed, which is, again, when you're going through a dare, it's the other side of a dare. So there's so many places. Like if we were driving down to Dingle, we'd try and stop in a dare, stay overnight, have, have dinner in uh, the mustard break. seed with mm. John Edward, and then go down. It just breaks your journey. Yeah. So, um, and again, well, we're, we're quite so spoiled in places. Ireland. We are really spoiled for beautiful but places. We've, we've got beautiful places in Northern Ireland as well. Mm. I mean, New Forge is only... A, short way across the border but we stayed up in our tara as well up in Derry and Brown's i've stayed there fab 
yeah. and the restaurant and the food is just so so good but I mean you've got oh gosh I mean you've got Gan House which is in Carlingford Lock I mean you can't get a nicer venue than that oh, and I know better setting yeah it's amazing yeah and, and Donegal did very well this year with uh, the staycations because it tends to be the forgotten county and again we've stayed up in Castle Grove with the Sweeney's and do you know what? They're so welcoming. You walk in and we'd been up there once before for a wedding and they got everybody that was there from the wedding. She actually got us all into the drawing room, gave us all a drink and introduced us all to each other. And we were going to the wedding the next day. So when we went to the wedding the next day, it meant like we felt like we already knew each we knew other. each other. Brilliant. Yeah. And it yeah. was just a really nice thing to do. And I mean, that property dates back to Bonnie Prince Charlie stayed there. So with the Blue Book, there's so much history, there's so much um, to learn, there's so much to do. And there's a few new properties this year. You've got Delphi Lodge came in this year. And, and, and of course, and that's, that's where Prince Charles went to there, didn't he? Didn't he? He did. He came over, he did. Yeah. 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 So you've got the, the re- present Prince Charles and then you had Bonnie Prince Charlie all I those years ago <laughs> up in Castle Grove. So, I mean, then you've got Rathmullen only down the road. And the thing about the Blue Book properties are if we're full we would send you to um, chapter one or to Gibos or to whatever. We all tend to, because we know you'll be looked after mm-hmm. and we ring ahead and say, well, look, they stayed with us last night and they're coming to look you after them. And they're doing whatever, please look after them. And, but you don't even have to ask them. You just have to say they've been here and they're, they're doing a tour. I mean, to do a tour of the Blue Book now, that would be a really, really nice A great bucket list, wouldn't it? That would oh, be lovely. <laughs> absolutely. Just to go, because if you look at the back of the book, the, the map is on it and it shows you all the different routes you can go that, you know, you can go from Dublin up to Belfast and across Donegal and down and around that way, or you can go from the Midlands across or you can go up or down. I mean, it's just, I mean, look at the wine port. Look at all the other properties you have in the Midlands. You've got Longview House. I mean, I know I'm missing some of them and yeah, my oh, apologies. Uh, but and anyone listening should really, um, you know, go online, Ireland's Blue Book. And they, they're they all there to check out. And it, it really is a fantastic... Well, it's a magnificent um, gift to get a voucher yeah, to the yeah. Blue Book because it you're is not great stuck gift. to one property. You can... Yeah. It's got, as I said, it's got something for everybody. It's really nice. And if you don't want to go for a night away, you can go and spend it in one of the restaurants. Absolutely, so there's, yeah. there's so much to offer. And, and Sally, what, what for yourself and Derry now? I know at Le Cravan, we, we don't know if, if it'll get open again now with, with all these restrictions. Have you got other plans then for Yes, for Derry business? is opening up another restaurant in Wellington Quay. So it's on the corner of Wellington Quay and Temple Bar. You know where the Millennium Bridge is? The walk, with the, it's, it's yeah. right there. So the front of this property is um, overlooking the Liffey. And then the side goes down to Temple Bar. And there's a, it's, it's still a building site. It's been locked down again, unfortunately. And we should have been able to open it last September. But this is why the closing of Lecrivan was pushed out and out and out again, because we intended closing Lecrivan the end of July and opening up Eliza's in September. But because of the lockdown and all the buildings were locked down, Eliza's wasn't ready. So we thought, OK, we'll go till Christmas. And again, we had another lockdown, as you know, in Dublin, Louth and, and uh, Donegal. The last date we got that it was going to be ready, that we could go in in April. So that's why we're going to close Equivan the end of March. But it's not going to be ready now in April. It's been closed down again. So we don't know when, but it will definitely be happening. And they're calling it Eliza's Bar, Eliza's, uh, Eliza's Restaurant and Bar. So it's going to be much more casual than Equivan. 
Um, cause, have you, have uh, you got yet. a website set up yet? Or no, not, not yet, not yet. Because we wanted to be able to take pictures of the inside, but it's not ready. So no. as soon as we have the photographs, um, we're doing it. Like Derry's been working on the food the last couple of weeks and uh, he wants to showcase the best of Irish food. Now we've always, always done that in Lecrivan, but you are confined when you're doing fine dining and you've got a Michelin star. Whereas what he's doing now is going to be what he's wanted to do for ages. But the star does corral you in a certain way. Although when I see the stars that we're given at now, Michelin are broadening their whole horizon and they're, they're looking at different things and different people. But this is going to be much more casual. And that is the way, as far as we're concerned, dining is going. going people yeah. want to go in, they want to have an hour and a half and they want to, they want to move on again or just go for a drink or, or do whatever. They want to be able to share plates as opposed to order, start or main course dessert. They want to have the flexibility and this is what he wants to do in Eliza's. Absolutely. So oh, the very are best excited about it. Yeah, it's fantastic. Thank Very you. Best luck to you both. I will and not be working in it full time, Michelle. I have. To, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to find myself well, a job well, where I can oh, sit down. Oh, well, you, you'll still be on the Elaine show, and you'll still be contributing oh, to God. RTE and oh, all yeah. all the panels yeah. that you do. You know, yeah. you, you really are a great supporter for Irish tourism. A great ambassador for Irish. Ireland is my next stop. I'm hoping oh. that they'll they'll, oh. they'll take me on in some capacity. They should, if they've any sense, they will indeed, Sally Ann. Well, we'll see how it goes. Thanks again, Sally Ann. It was great chatting to you. My pleasure. Thanks. Okay, Thanks. talk bye. to you soon. Bye. Take care, okay, talk to bye you soon. Bye, bye Sally Ann. Bye. Bye, bye. Well, I've no doubt that Eliza's, the new restaurant uh, from Sally Ann and husband Derry, will be a great success. And I'm sure we'll be hearing lots more about inspiring and wise sound bites from Sally Ann over the coming months as the hospitality industry recovers. As I mentioned earlier, Ireland's Artisan Pantry is a novel business and quite different to anything else out there, giving a flavour of the counties of Ireland. So here is my recent chat with Aoife O'Driscoll. Hi Aoife, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, pleasure to be here, Michelle. It's lovely to chat to you, I have to say. Really nice. Yeah, well, do you know, I, I'm delighted. Mm. I always love when you find mm. a new and exciting product out there in the market. And I think yours is pretty unique. I mean, we can't travel at the moment, but we could certainly travel through these wonderful hampers that you're making. Can you tell, um, tell me a bit more about Ireland's Artisan Pantry? Yeah, so Ireland's Arts and Pantry um, were essentially a subscription box, which may be new to some people in Ireland, but it'd be very established in the States and in the UK. And I think with um, all of the changes we've experienced over the past year, that people are becoming a lot more open to different types of food experiences, having things delivered to their homes. And it's probably accelerated the pace uh, of the subscription box take up in Ireland. So, um, yeah, to, to just give you a little bit of background about where I come up from the idea, I have uh, worked in tourism for 14 years. It's uh, my absolute uh, love. And uh, I'm sure as a fellow uh, tourism and travel expert here, you can, you, can, <laughs> you can understand where I'm coming from. It's just it's such a joy. It's such a lovely, lovely industry to work in. Um, and I suppose my foray into tourism started when I was about 22 and I moved to Rome and Italy as part of a European uh, programme to promote Irish culture, what people overseas think about it, why they want to travel here. Um, and then I went back to studying and I did a marketing master's and then I moved to Canada with Tourism Ireland, um, again, promoting Ireland um, and encouraging people to come on holiday here. 
So that was uh, that was kind of where where I started. Um, and while I was in Canada, I really got a sense of uh, the different regions in Ireland, what they had to offer. And one of my favorite aspects of the job was the was planning itineraries for journalists. And I loved it because it was like kind of doing a virtual tour yourself and you learn so much. I, I suppose you met, product, lots yeah. of, you met lots of different producers then and different, you know, activities. So you would have known Ireland like yeah. the back of your hand, literally. Yeah, I, I did. I got to know a lot of producers, um, particularly in the in more recent years when I was working for different tourism attractions on the ground in Ireland. And, uh, you know, we have just such a wealth of food producers and I am just amazed constantly because I have about, I think about maybe about two, 250 food producers uh, at the moment that we're looking to work with. We're actively working with 65. So, so what, can, um, what can someone expect yeah. now when they, when they get one mm. of your boxes? You know, you say it's a subscription. Yeah. What sure. would they find in, in, in an Ireland's artisan pantry box? So as, the idea is that you're going to experience what the equivalent of a, a farmer's market in Ireland in, in, in a box. And we want to bring the, the highlights of a particular county each month. So every month we highlight a different county and we choose, you know, and it's really difficult to whittle it down, but we choose seven food producers from that county and we pick uh, a, a lovely uh, flavour, a lovely Kind of range of products that they do so it could be cereals or lemon curd or homemade raspberry jam um, irish brown bread mix so it's a it's really eclectic um and you know even we're seeing products now with more indian and japanese uh, flavors as well which is just shows how kind of multicultural ireland now is now as well it's been, what, um, what countries what countries so far have you done have you we, covered we have covered uh, dublin We've covered Wicklow, we've covered Cork, um, culinary capital of Ireland, uh, according to, to Cork and to, to some other people as well, you know, <laughs> um, and uh, Galway and most recently Armagh, which is, is, is really exciting because there's some wonderful food producers in Northern Ireland. And I think it's wonderful for people in the Republic and also around the world to get to experience them. You know, it just, there, there's so many brands and producers that maybe people in Ireland wouldn't be as familiar with uh, from up North. Yeah. So, well, I, I, and they've been, yeah. they've been really honing and looking after their, their food industry. They had the year of food mm. and drink a few years ago. Yeah. Cause I remember yeah. going up and experiencing some of their events and, and, you know, the flavors and tastes mm. of Northern Ireland are really quite unique. Um, yeah. and they're very traditional. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and it's lovely. Oh. Um, it's it's lovely to have that mix with north and south and ha- bringing us together as as the one island. You know, it's really oh, it's really nice absolutely. through food. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I, I I've done uh, food tours up in Northern Ireland, and they've been some of the best I've ever gone on. Um, I remember going up to the Arma Apple Company um, about two years ago, and I had the most amazing farm to fork experience. So we had a meal where. We had uh, the cider and apple juice produced on the farm. We had a beautiful soup made from the vegetables that they grew themselves. And then we finished up with an apple tart, again, made by the owners. And, uh, you know, they also offer these amazing tours of the factory. You can see the apple trees. You can see where uh, your apple juice is is grown. You can meet the producers. Um, And I suppose that's what I'm trying to create through my subscription box particularly for those who are maybe in far from places, can't get to Ireland right now, intend to travel there in the future. Maybe it's a long held dream to come to Ireland. Maybe they're part of the 
Irish diaspora. Yeah, well, maybe yeah. they're family members who haven't been able to come home. And wouldn't it be lovely to send them a flavor of their own county, you, you know, yeah. while they're away in New York or in, you know, Rome or Australia or whatever? It's a lovely idea. Yeah, yeah ab- absolutely. And you, you do see that. And I love seeing the messages that people put alongside the boxes because we, while we offer, uh, you know, the subscription service where you can sign up each month or for three or six months, you can buy once off boxes too for a birthday or an anniversary or an, uh, an event. And I love seeing those messages because sometimes it is specific, you know, just to give, you know, remember our student days in County Cork or, you know, I can't get you to Wicklow right now. This is the closest I can get you. Um, and I hope you enjoy. Um, so, you know, like say in our Wicklow box, we, we have the food producers, but we also have a lovely print of the Sugarloaf Mountain as well and then we have a lovely card that's uh you know by uh with with with, with a Wicklow illustration so it's it's just trying to give that overall feel of of the county um and yeah and and as well as that um because I've Mm -hmm. I've been lucky enough to to sample one Mm -hmm. of your boxes you do have your leaflet um your leaflet that comes with the specific Mm -hmm. box outlines not just the producers but it also gives additional tourist information about the county yeah. So every every um, month we send out a leaflet in the box. And I suppose that, that the idea is to bring that county to life to the person, help them engage uh, in their future travel planning. And we often do a top five or a top 10 foodie experiences for those counties. So in Cork, we had, say, the English market, which is a must see. Um, you know, we had uh, different restaurants that you can go and see down there. Um, there's a fabulous chocolate making experience that you can do. So all of those things are highlighted. So we we hope that somebody, if they're planning to travel to that area in the future, they, they get the products into their hand, they taste them, they get a, an idea of the flavours of the county. And then when they go there, they have, uh, you know, a, a kind of a, an itinerary of what they can do when they get there. And also what we do within the leaflet is we sometimes have recipes, too, from the producers. So, um, again, back to when we were talking about Armagh, and I know that you really liked the Irish uh, black butter product. Oh, I did. Um, oh, it was delicious. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it, it's, just such a, it's such a unique product because it dates back to medieval times and, there is the, the the producer Alistair Bell who who came up with it. Um, you know, he he we worked with the chef on the recipe and tried to recreate what they had in medieval times. So it's a totally unique product. And when you see what people do with it, they put it on ice cream. They have it in sausage rolls. Like it's it's yeah, it's pretty. It actually goes on everything. Because yeah, we had, it, we had a duck and chicken and we were able to put it on yeah. both equally. And then we said, oh, we put mm-hmm. it on a cracker and it was lovely. And actually, yeah. you know, we always have ice cream after dinner. That's an idea. Now we might even put it on ice yeah. cream. Yeah, do that. And, and, and you've got apple tart as well. And uh, and then you, you'll be set um, and then your cheese board afterwards. So, um, oh, yeah, I you, can't, you, lovely with you cheese. can't go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. It's, no, it's it, really good with cheese. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, there's a lot. People have been really... Um, creative and you know coming up with really unique ideas I think um over the years and they, mm. they've been probably overlooked except by people who've come to the country as tourists so it is great for us to to kind of embrace and relish what we actually do have here isn't it oh, it's really good oh uh, absolutely and I, I think that's why this you know this, this pandemic in terms of the positives that have come out of it okay we've probably all done our staycations this year and I really loved seeing the people the, the photos that my family and friends were um, you know people that I know through travel were putting up of their holidays um and just see you know it, it kind of it, it brought you back to the holidays of your childhood 
we went to Kerry again and we went to Donegal and uh, we'd always go on an Irish holiday, you know, and sometimes abroad as well. But I think we did three over the summer and um, it just, no, it was great. It is. And I really hope that we get open mm-hmm. soon for the hospitality yeah. sector because we, we desperately think... need to keep our wonderful mm-hmm. castles, country houses, glamping parks. Mm-hmm. We need to keep them all going. We need to support them. We need to move because I was a little bit concerned mm-hmm. to realise that Last year, only 33% of us had a staycation and actually mm. went holidaying. You would think it was more. But um, yeah. of the people who proposed they would, you know, quite a, a yeah. low number went. So let's let's hope we do keep moving and supporting this year. There is, I think, green shoots of hope mm. for us all. Um, it'll depend now on whether, you know, there'll be for people to go to and how it's it's handled and how the opening up is handled and if it's opened up in time mm-hmm. to save companies so yeah. let's hope it's um it's handled well now for the next couple yeah. of months i hope so i really do yeah. i think like the, the accommodation sector certainly it seems to be certainly in terms of self-catering largely booked out at this point for for july and august um but uh, yeah it's the restauranteers i, I think there's been an awful lot yeah. of, there's been too much fear as well being put put mm-hmm. into people about staying in hotels hotels have mm-hmm. been impeccable they have mm-hmm. they have stuck to such rigid guidelines they have been they've brought in extra cleaners i mean all the doors have been taped up before you go into them just to show the high standard I had absolutely no concerns mm-hmm. staying in any of the properties I stayed in last year in hotels, mm-hmm. um, country houses, castles, all the different places. Because I, I, I did get around the country last year and have to say that we, really people need to be confident. About. I think um, I think we're probably all going to be dying for a change of scenery. You know, I think uh, we'll be you know, just to, to even go beyond our county will be will be fantastic. Yeah. And hopefully people have probably built up ideas around what they want to do and um and places that they'd like to see and maybe there'll be places in ireland that they've never been to before oh, and, oh, well this is it yeah. i mean like the hidden heartlands and munster vales pe- mm-hmm. places that have been possibly overlooked because everybody thinks of just the coast but we have wonderful rivers yeah. we've gorgeous Cavern. mountains we've so many uh, you know lakes geoparks we, we, we have a geo not only just the burn but also up in fermanagh stunning up there you know oh, so we, we do have to uh, we do have to kind of explore there's always somewhere new to see you know, because because we yeah. are, we are, we are catered. So, we do cater so well for for tourism. Well, if you listen, thank you so much. And I, I think I just think your idea is wonderful. And I'll get I advise anybody listening to look you up. Um, Ireland's Artisan Pantry. That's where they can find you. And um, if whether it's a subscription box they go for or one off, I think they'll be very pleased with what they find. Thank, and, thanks uh, so thanks so much Michelle and thanks for having me on um really uh I think it's it's a it's a bit of a lifeline at the moment for food producers it, without their markets so uh, it's, it's a wonderful it's, positive story yeah, and yeah, we all need yeah. positivity at, at the yeah. moment so we do and the very best of luck with the future, thank you so much sure Michelle. you have huge thank success you. thank you thanks Bye. very much well that's all for this week folks I hope I've given you some food for thought Do check out my column in tomorrow's Irish Daily Mail. And remember, you can find out about everything I've spoken about in thenoveltraveller.com on my website. Um, Also, my book event with the Hope Foundation is going ahead next week. So there's still time to get a copy of my book, Journey to the Heartland, and join me for this great event on the 18th of March. Next week, I have a cracking podcast with radio and TV presenter friend of mine, Ruth Scott. So be sure to tune in to hear about her stories of climbing Mount Kilimanjaro and getting lost in China. So ciao for now, and I'm going to leave you as usual with the wonderful Pat Coltrick.